Welcome back to the Afford Law Podcast, where we discuss issues of criminal law and family law in Massachusetts. Today, we will be addressing restraining orders. What are they? What do you need to show in order to get one? And what happens if you violate one? So let's get started. Hello. One of the most common crimes charged in the district courts in Massachusetts is an abuse prevention order violation or a violation of a harassment prevention order. Let me tell you about a case I recently had that will illustrate the elements that are contained in that statute as well as what the Commonwealth has to prove in order to be successful at trial. The alleged victim in this case claimed that my client was physically abusive to her, specifically on this one particular day. She went to court. She filed for a 209A, what's called a 209A restraining order, preventing him from contacting her or touching her or being in her presence or even going to her home or her place of work. What happens is when someone goes in, it is an, what they call an ex parte uh, agreement with the judge. So they're going in just one party alone, given that it is a, uh, an emergency type situation. So the judge just has to be reasonably satisfied that that person is in fear for his or her safety, physical safety, uh, or in the case of a harassment order, that there are three or more individual events of harassment. The next step is there will be a two-party hearing within 10 days. It will be scheduled when that person is in court. During that 10 days, the defendant is served with the notice of the upcoming hearing so that he or she will have an opportunity to to present a defense against the allegations. In this particular case, my client was not served with notice of the upcoming hearing. Therefore, he did not show up. When the court found out that there was not clear service to the client, they rescheduled the two-party hearing to another date. On that date, neither my client nor the alleged victim showed up. What happens in a situation like that is when the alleged victim does not show up to extend the order past the temporary uh, time frame, that order is supposed to expire at the end of that day by rule of law. Somehow, there was an entry that was made on the docket that she was present and that the order was extended for one year, although it hadn't actually done so. Sometime later, she and my client were in a car were pulled over for some minor traffic violation. They ran, the cops ran all the uh, identities of the persons in the car, and they found out that there was, to their, uh, according to their records, an active restraining order against my client in favor of the alleged victim. The alleged victim tried to explain to the police that she did not extend the order, but of course they wouldn't listen to her because they had their own records showing that there was an active order. In order for the Commonwealth to uh, prevail at the time of trial on an abuse prevention order um, violation, they must prove four things. One, that there was an order that was issued by the court, that that order was in place at the time the alleged violation took place. 
that the defendant knew of that order in place, either by being served or by some other manner, and that the defendant violated the order in some fashion, in this case, simply by being in the presence of the alleged victim. Now, let me go back to step three for a second, just so I can clarify. The defendant must know of the order. So that means the defendant has to either be served. Typically, you want the defendant to be served in hand by a police or a constable or a court officer if it's taking place in the court itself. That's the clearest way to know that the defendant had knowledge of the um, abuse prevention order. However, uh, verbal notification from, from a police officer or, for instance, we've had the, the situations where the defendant walks out of the uh, restraining order hearing prior to being served, but clearly had notice uh, by, by being at the hearing that the order was, uh, was imposed and, in fact, was extended. In this case, however, the order was not extended, so there was not a valid order in place. It wasn't until I went to the clerk's office and pulled the file on the underlying restraining order case to find out that the second two-party hearing was, did not take place because neither party was present. With neither party present, the order, ex the order was extinguished at the end of the day by rule of law. I was able to um, submit a motion to dismiss that case. We had a hearing on the motion to dismiss. The Commonwealth had a, was opposing that motion and did oppose that motion. We went before a judge, clearly with the records that I was, I was able to obtain. I presented that to the court, and the judge ruled that there was no active restraining order that was issued by the court, certainly not on the time at the time where the alleged violation took place. For those reasons, the case was dismissed. The client was free to go, uh, certainly happy with the results. So if you have any questions about uh, criminal law in Massachusetts, please feel free to give us a call. Just to remind you that all our fees are on a sliding scale based on our client's income to make our services more affordable to more people. Afford Law is here to protect your legal rights. Affordable justice for all. Don't go it alone. Thank you for listening. I hope that was helpful. If you have any further questions, please feel free to contact our office or visit us at affordlaw.org.